So this is our final, final Sunday in the parables of Jesus that we started back in March, which has been quite a long journey. We've been through loads and loads and loads of different parables. Uh, Some of them have been quite nice. Some of them have been quite tricky to deal with. But we've been on that journey and this is our last Sunday in the parables. Next Sunday, we've got United Breaks Out, which I'm really, really looking forward to. And then through the rest of August, we'll be doing different sorts of things. So instead of kind of meeting on Zoom at four o'clock, we'll be doing stuff out and about. We might go for a walk. We might pray. We might do all sorts of things yet to be discovered. So have a look at your emails in the week and we'll explain what's going on. But do stick in your diary that the 23rd of August is when Steph's licensing will be. And so kind of our next probably service like this will be that, we hope. But we also don't know yet. But we're so looking forward to that. And then in September, we are going to be looking to meet again in person, which some of you are really, really excited about. But um, yeah, so hopefully in September, we'll be able to meet again in person. We'll probably still have to socially distance. We may have to wear masks, but we will be in the same place at the same time, uh, which will be amazing, won't it? So yeah, so today's parable is in Luke chapter 19, and it's the parable of the 10 miners. Now, it's not about 10 people who go down a mine shaft to mine. It's not about 10 young people. It's about about some cash that gets given to them. But this parable, before we crack into it and before I read it, this is where Jesus is going from Jericho. He's in Jericho at the moment, and he's about to climb up towards Jerusalem, towards the Mount of Olives, towards Passover and towards his crucifixion and death and to be come alive again. So that's where we are on the timeline. And here, the people that Jesus was talking to, this is, this is with Zacchaeus and his mates in a house. His disciples were there, the tax collectors were there, the sinners were there. And all of a sudden, Jesus is reminded a prompting by the Spirit that they are thinking about the kingdom of God coming there and then at once, probably during Passover. Remember that some people wanted Jesus to arrive into Jerusalem as a conquering king to take over, to destroy the Romans and to uh, restore Israel to its former glory as King David had. But no, that's not Jesus's ultimate plan, is it? His ultimate plan is for all of us, the whole world, to be part of his kingdom, to come back for us to to turn from the ways we've we've been doing things and to do it his way, to be part of his family. And so it's it's into that that he speaks this parable. So let's uh, read it. It's in Luke 19, verse 11 to 27, and it says this. Whilst they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem 
and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 miners. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, sir, your miner has earned 10 more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of 10 cities. The second came and said, sir, your miner has earned five more. His master answered, you take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, sir, here is your miner. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words. You wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I'm a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why didn't you then put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his miner away from him and give it to the one who has 10. Sir, they said, he's already has 10. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But to those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Pretty, pretty brutal parable, isn't it? It kind of completely messes with what we expect and what our culture expects from Jesus. You know, our culture expects, oh dear sweet baby Jesus, hark the herald angels sing. But actually, that's not what we see from Jesus through most of the parables. We see Jesus telling some pretty hard truths and we need to listen. This isn't the Jesus that's soft and accommodating to everyone. He says difficult things. He doesn't only have good and nice things to say, but here Jesus is saying some of the difficult things, some of the things we don't want to hear. Some of the things that when we speak out to Telford, they're going to be saying, oh, we didn't realize Jesus was like that. Because they probably had sweet baby Jesus, meek and mild, wrapped up in swaddling bands and lying in a manger. But no, Jesus has stuff to say. So I wonder then, what do we get when we read this? What do we do when we, when we hear this? I don't know about you, but the first thing I do is put Jesus into the position of the wealthy man, the wealthy ruler, the one who is the no, of noble birth. And I suppose we put ourselves and I put ourselves as one of the servants. Does anyone else do that? Yeah. And so what Jesus is asking us to do is say, which one of these servants are we? 
That's exactly what the parable is asking us to do. Which servant do we relate with? Is it the one with 10? Is it the one with five? Or is it the one with one? Or maybe we might even be like the enemies of Jesus who didn't want him to be king. There will be some people in and around about us that don't want Jesus to be king. There'll be some that want to keep Jesus at arm's bay and say, no, I don't want to submit to your rule and your reign. Your kingdom has nothing to do with me. There will be some people in Telford that are like that. There'll be some in Telford that will be like the one with one mind, who might know Jesus, know him really well, know that um, in this case, according to the parable, is a hard man who reaps what he doesn't sow and takes out what he didn't put in but still hides what God has given them. Maybe uh, some of us might be like the, the servant with five, who kind of, yeah, does, does the stuff. But notice what the noble person says about that. He doesn't say, well done, my good and faithful servant, as some of our translations might say. Just says, oh, great, well, we'll put you in charge of five cities. Or maybe we're the ones with ten miners who the one made 10 times more. The gift given has 10 times the amount of, of reaping afterwards. Or we could even say 11 times after he got the one from the other. But what are you investing? Are you investing what God has given you? Maybe it is uh, finances. Here it's about miners, uh, and a miner is about three months wage. But I don't think that's really what Jesus is getting at. I don't think it's only about financial stuff that he's talking about. He's talking about all the things that he's given us. Remember, he was talking to tax collectors, so they kind of knew the financial world. And so he's talking to them in a way that they understand. But for us, it might be financial. It might be gifting. What has God gifted you with that he's asking you to invest? Maybe it's your time. Some say that our time is the most precious thing we have. Finan finances don't really matter, but our time is worth an endless amount of cash. Maybe it's our effort. Can we really be bothered to invest what God has given us? Sometimes we're exhausted. Sometimes we're, we're working so much that actually we just don't have the time or the energy to invest. But what is God given you? Because he's each given us gifts. And as we've been looking through these parables, as we've been uh, looking on Thursday evenings, God has given each of us amazing gifts to invest. But the question is, are we going to do it? Because it's our choice. Jesus here didn't tell them to invest it, did he? They just knew who he was like, and they did it anyway. Another important thing for us to, to, to really grasp within this parable is that the king will return. But the king will return. You know, maybe a little bit like Lion King. You know, the king has returned. Rafiki shouts it out, doesn't he? The king has returned. The king will come back. But what will he find? Because in the parable, the nobleman goes and and makes himself king. Jesus will make himself king over everything, including us. But when he returns, 
what will he find? Will he find that the one, uh, the one that he gave that has made 10 more? Will he find the one he was given one has made five? Or one with one, nothing? Or enemies? What will he find? Will he find that what we've invested is 10 more? Is it five more or is it exactly the same? What will he find with you when he returns? Tricky thing to think about, isn't it? Will he find the talent that you have to gather people around you? All of a sudden there are 10 more people around you all doing the same thing as you. Maybe it's about uh, kids, kids work and, and how much effort and energy you put into raising up the next generations. Will you find 10 more people around you building up young people? Maybe it's about people in Telford who are just broken and hurting and desperate for something of God. Will you come back and find that you've invested in those people and all of a sudden healing and restoration has come? Because that's kind of how the kingdom works, doesn't it? That God says, here, I will give you what you need. Use it. He says, I've given you everything. Use it. I've given you my spirit. Use it. And I suppose the third thing that comes out of this parable is the question, what will he say to you? Would he say the the, the famous lines, well done, good and faithful servant. Or will he just say, ah, here we go, here's five cities. Or will he say, what I've given to you, I'll take away. Hopefully he won't be saying to any of us, bring in the ones who didn't want to make me king. And but what will he say to you? Because he will. He will return and we will have to give an account for what we have. With all these parables of Jesus that we've been doing since March, there's a choice to each of the readers that read them, to each of the hearers that hear them. There is a choice to be made. And so what's the choice we will make? Is it to say, yes, okay, God, I will put our gifts, our talents, our minors to work, or we won't. But the choice is ours. No one can make it for you. I'd love to make the choice for you, but only you can do that. The choice is easy. Yes, do it, or no, don't. It's a simple thing to follow, but it's also the most difficult thing to live out. Because we can say, we can talk the talk, but do we actually walk the walk? So many of us have been probably around churches for years and years and years. We've had investment put in us. I think back over my life and think of how many people have invested in me, given me opportunities, released me into the things God has. But it's my choice whether to step into them. As we as Telford Minster look around Telford, he's saying, all right, guys, it's time to start putting the gifts out. It's time to start investing them where they need to be invested. So what's he asking you to invest? Once we start to, to meet again from September, we're going to hopefully be flinging the doors open and saying, right, whoever wants to come, come.
as long as you're wearing a mask and you're socially distanced and you hand gel your hands and all of that sort of stuff. But we're going to be team, aren't we? Each one of us, probably that very, very first service where we meet together, we're all going to be commissioned, each and every one of us, to be on team Telford. Because unless we're on the team, unless we're investing, are we going to see the fruit? Are we going to see God saying, well done, good and faithful servants. I trusted you with a little. Have an abundance. The choice is ours. I'd love us to, to, to join on team. I'd love us to invest our talents. I'd love us to hear the words from Jesus when we meet him face to face, saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Why don't we pray? And then um, we'll see what the Spirit wants to do. Father, thank you that you've given us everything, that you've given us yourself, that you died on a cross for us, that you took the punishment that we deserve upon yourself, and that you rose again for us. And in doing so, we have access to everything you have. The creator of the universe says, you are my children. You are my friends. Have it all. I'll put my spirit in you. I'll give you the gifts of the spirit to build up the church, to build up the people around you, to build up Telford. But he says, maybe it's time to put it into practice. So, Father, even now, would you be speaking to us about what we have to invest? Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's practical. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's effort. Whatever it is, you just have that sense of the Lord almost immediately saying exactly what he's given you to invest. Would you put it into place? So as we wait, maybe you want to have that discussion with God, with the Spirit saying, yes. Maybe it's yes. Maybe you're feeling really unsure. If you're unsure about what it is, I'd love to have a chat and, and we can work together what that, that is. But I think you know. But maybe he's asking you to invest it anyway. He's not going to turn you away. He's not going to push you in at the deep end and say, there we go, he's going to be with you. So maybe right here, right now, you want to just have that chat with him. It's between you and God. Amen.